in the press we kind of hear impending doom and gloom in the in, in the property market as someone who works in it day to day as a lender i can completely agree that consensus is that doom and gloom is around the corner but then on a day-to-day -day basis agents still seem to be selling properties you know people still seem to want to buy properties to be honest mate i, I just see opportunity right because for everyone that's kind of suffering there's somebody out there that's making a bit of coin off it i mean we we in scotland have rent freezes we've got eviction bans we've got the base rate up like everybody else says so our cost of finance is affected but whilst they are challenges uh, in the environment well there's there's always somebody then that's maybe going to be looking to sell and and we're always going to be looking to buy right we, we are certainly not going anywhere you know we, we love what we do we're very passionate about it we really believe in it oh, look there's challenges but i mean all of our growth came during covid it's not like that wasn't a challenging time you know we're used to riding the waves and uh, i think this is just another one. Guys, Matt Haycox here, and welcome to another episode of The Matt Haycox Show, where today we have our rudest guest to date. Not rude in a naughty way. Well, it actually is rude in a naughty way, uh, but it's rude as in R-E-W-D. I've got Laurie Duncan with me from the Real Estate Wealth Development Group. Laurie is going to tell us all about how in the last three years they've gone from zero to 220 properties, built a massive buy-to-let portfolio. They've got a training business, construction company now too, a water sports resort and a development business too. I'm really interested to hear their story. Undoubtedly, there's going to be loads of nuggets of property information, I guess, there their information on multiple streams of income, development, pensions, and everything in between. So, Laurie, thanks a lot for being here, buddy, and uh, looking forward to hearing your story and picking your brains. I know. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's really cool uh, to be on here and, and even having a chance to speak with someone like yourself. You know, it's a true privilege, so I appreciate that. We started uh, Root Group about three years ago now. Alex and I had kind of been working together for about a year before that, but we started Real Estate Wealth Development three years ago. And in that period of time, yeah, we've got this residential buy-to-let portfolio now over 220 units. Built it all up with none of our own money, really working with private investors. You know, it started off 50 grand here, 100 grand there, and we were doing one buy one deal secured investments as we've scaled uh, as you mentioned we've been working with pension funds and you know loads of different combinations of types of finance to, to get us to where we are now and ultimately residential buy to let is the backbone of root group you know we, we really you know when we started that the, the logic was let's get loads of properties have loads of passive income and go and play golf every day as it happens that's what alex does i'm the only one kicking about in the office uh, that's why. That's why. That's why I'm only talking to you right now. <laughs> exactly. He's on the course. Yeah, that was the original idea, and um, it, it kind of quickly grew, really through frustration uh, slash opportunity of other uh, angles. We saw, you know, the reason we started the building company is because we couldn't find a good refurb team to deal with the maintenance and all the, the kind of property upgrades and all that. The reason we started the developments business was because we saw an opportunity on uh, the high streets and commercial and residential, and really for the training and sourcing business. You know, we, we we created a story really by by achieving massive growth in such a short period of time. So ultimately now that, that's what we teach other guys how to do just to build a business like we have. Well, let, let me let me pause and let's back backtrack just just to the to the beginning a bit of your story. I mean, opening not opening, but you know, buying and owning two hundred and twenty properties would be no mean feat in any amount of time. But you know, never mind doing it in three years. I mean, what what were you doing, or whether yourself or, or both both you and Alex? I mean, what were you both doing before this? I mean, did did you did you own any property in in, in your own name before this business started? I we we had a few. You know, I, I had a few properties. Alex had one. Uh, Alex's was his old house. You know. Was kind of accidental landlord, he hung on to it, well, he got another house and then he got out. I had an appetite for property, so over a 10-year period, I bought three units really just by 
putting a deposit in, waiting a bit. When the term was up, taking some cash out, buying another one. Really, you know, it was it was through our frustrations with our corporate careers. You know, Alex is a qualified accountant and project manager. I was always in sales and business development. We were both working in international roles and we were having to travel about all the all over the place under someone else's control and we were really trying to break away from that. So it was really through that frustration that we started talking a lot. We thought we'd start making a bit more serious moves. And really that's what led us to start in Root Group. It was through the, the communication, sharing a lot of ideas, bouncing off each other until we just decided, you know what, one day we'll, we'll just go for it. We'll do a first deal. And then it quickly just kind of spiraled. We, we got to something like 40 units in 18 months just by working with all these private investors. and. Working a lot with Connor Tracy, actually, because he was the guy we were buying all the deals with before we started working together in Root Group, you know, and again, just through working together, albeit separately, uh, it made, made sense through conversation to, to all get together in business, and that's where we're now. And during those first 40 properties, was that all you were doing insofar as you were only buying the properties at that point? Or, you know, had you always started out planning to do the training, you know, planning to have the construction company? Or, or were, these, were these things that just kind of came as an accidental byproduct as the business grew? You know, I, I guess we, we always had ambition to have a group operation rather than just the residential buy to let. In fact, one of the first businesses we started, the, 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 you know, after the resi buy to let stuff, was uh, the holding company. And we, we always had ambition to, yeah, I guess, get into other things, but we didn't really know at that time what we were going to do. And I guess, you know, you, you go along this uh, entrepreneurial ride and you're always looking for these other opportunities. And yeah, I guess we just saw, uh, we saw opportunities. And through frustration, like I mentioned, you know, we've got a, a new company we're about to add into the fold, which is a, a finance company. Ultimately, it's an acquisition bridging facility that we can provide to our training clients. Um, the whole model of our group, uh, group now revolves around bringing the training clients in. You know, we, we're paid for the education, we're paid to supply them the investment opportunities, we're paid to do the refurbishment. The only thing we weren't really doing was supplying them with finance. So that, that's a new business we've not yet launched. But uh, again, it's just it's another opportunity. We've, we've got an existing client base already working with us. It makes sense to monetize it, you know. So yeah, I guess it's just yeah d different ideas along the way. So, so I mean, one of the things we were going to talk about is you know what's the benefits of working with the root group, you know, to build your own port property portfolio. I mean, is is that something that falls under training for you? As in, you know, are you training people to build their own, or if somebody if somebody doesn't want to learn anything, they've just got some cash, they want to be completely passive. I mean, you know, can they hand that money over to you and you'll and you'll go and build a portfolio for them? Yeah, I, I mean, open to all. Uh, most people that come in, it's quite interesting actually. A lot of guys come in to the training company because our, our USP really is to provide all the, the training clients with all these different products, like I was mentioning. But a lot of people come in the course, they learn the strategies, they understand how it works, and then they think, do you know what? Actually, just take my money and uh, you know, I'll be happy with a return. Uh, they've maybe got a hundred grand in the bank, quarter mil in the bank, or whatever. And when they recognise, uh, you know, our standard offerings, ten percent EPR for unsecured loans, right? So somebody comes in and uh, loans us a quarter mil, they can make 25 grand a year for just kind of kicking back, you know, and it's like, how long would you actually take to get to that level through buy to let? Um, which is why we put a big focus around raising finance, right? We've built everything that we have using other people's money. That's what we, we teach, but not everybody's got the same kind of appetite to, to do that. 
How, how have you gone about building up your investor base? I mean, you know, were these people you knew before you started, or has, has this been a, a particular you know, challenge and skill set in growing the business model? I, I, I guess, no, I mean, initially the first investor was, was one of our mates. You know, it was a 25 grand property. He had some cash in the bank. He just gave us it. We gave him a first charge uh, security on it. You know, the deal was solid. Bought it for 25, it's maybe worth 60, something like that. So the, the, the kind of the level of security we were able to provide because of the quality of deals that Connor was presenting to us made it quite a kind of safe, solid you know, investment opportunity for the investor. Initially, it was, you know, so that was a mate of ours. Then it was like a, an ex-colleague from uh, Alex's work. Yeah. Then, yeah, it just kind of grew organically because, you know, we were we were posting about what we were doing on social media. We were building our credibility. Yeah. We had a guy rock up to our office one time just after we opened, which must be maybe a couple of years ago now. Rocked up, but just seen us posting some stuff on social media, liked what we did, had some cash in the bank, dropped 200K there and then, unsecured. And it was like, whoa, cool. You know, so uh, aye, that was one of the benefits, I think, of when we decided to move into the office. People could come and see us, check us out, sit at the table with us. We could show them the portfolio. So o- over time, you know, as the credibility grew, we found more and more investment just kind of flowed towards us because people uh, kind of liked what we were all about, you know. I mean, you know, there's something magic about properties. And I, I think, you know, I don't know whether it's a global thing, but it's particularly a very British thing. And uh, you know, we all like to think we understand property. Whether or not we do is another question, but it, it's always something that people people have a natural natural affinity to. And a vast part of my personal day, day-to-day life is spent raising funds from investors, you know, which we which we deploy, and not as property developers or property investors ourselves, but in, into secured lending. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll present deals to our investors from, you know, from, from property. I mean, it's always asset back. You know, it could be property, could be plant machinery, vehicles, data books, you know, what, what, whatever it may be. And no matter how secure or well packaged any other type of deal is, nobody likes anything like, like, like property. You know, there's just this, this magic attraction that they're, you know, they're going to be safe as houses, as the expression goes. <laughs> Well, that, that's it. I mean, you know, what are you going to do with your cash? Stick it to crypto, uh, stick it to stocks and shares. Like people like the bricks and mortar, you know, and uh, when, when, they're, when they're taking security uh, relative uh, LTV at like 50%, and again, very safe, solid return. Now, that was in the early stages. We, we get a lot of people asking us this question, like, you know, why is anybody going to give me their money? You know, it's always like a question every training client asks. And like, you know, why would anyone give us their money in, in the start? Well, it's, it's the same deal. How, how good is the quality of the deal that you're presenting to your investor, you know? And um, yeah. the deal, a lot of the time, brings the money. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was a cool part of our growth. Uh, it's like anything, until you've asked that question, you never know the answer. Until you've done it once, you know, you, you, you think you think it's an, an impossibility. But, you know, as, as much as there's borrowers out there desperate to borrow, there's investors out there desperate, desperate to lend. You know, for, for, for everybody who's sat on an opportunity with no cash, there's somebody else sat on cash with no opportunity. So, uh, so it's about getting out there you know, kissing those frogs. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's always, uh, my, like uh, Alex and Connor, my business partners, you know, they, they often take this out of me because there's this running joke about, you know, when we walk into a bar, uh, you know, I'm running around the bar saying, hey, who's got money? Who's got money? Who's got money? And just asking every Tonda can have. Now, that's not exactly true, <laughs> but we do like to be very kind of vocal and, and just talk about what we're doing and explaining how it all works. Because at the end of the day, if you're not talking about it, how can people possibly expect to know and understand it, you know? And there's a degree of the, the, the sales pitch in there. But as I say, as as we've grown, the more credibility we've got, we've, we've obtained, you know, mo- most people now are lending to us on an unsecured basis because we pay a higher rate. 
they get the model and they just prefer the higher return, you know. But we do have some secured investors, but it's kind of tailed off now. And when you say uh, it's on an unsecured basis, I guess I'm probably asking this more from your know, personal inquisitiveness or you know, a, a, a selfish perspective. But when you say it's on an unsecured basis, are you talking totally unsecured or just not on on a, on a first charge? You know, earlier on, you've been mentioning like first charge deals at you know fifty percent loan to value or whatever. But, I mean, what's what's happening with the balance of that equity? Are you not are you not doing second charges, equitable charges along the way? No, we've only ever done a second charge once. We are looking at a bigger deal right now where we're looking for a second charge on across the total portfolio, actually, which is part of a bigger move we're looking to make. But in the early days, like every investor that came on board was looking for a first charge. As we move forward, more people went unsecured. And now, as I say, most people are. In terms of what security, no, there is none. So ultimately, in the case of default, we would become a uh, an unsecured creditor uh, in the line, you know. What do you pay, what do you pay your investors? For unsecured, it's 10% APR. And, and, and for secured? Secured, as I say, we don't really have any, but what we used to do was if it was a single resi unit, because to be fair, we're not buying so many single resi units now, or if we are, we're combining unsecured lending with bridging facilities, right? So it means we don't need to even involve anyone really. But in, in the start, it was a 6% APR. But we covered the legal costs as well. And sure. they got a first charge, minimum six months, maximum twelve, something like that. But so from the from our point of view, we were kind of broadly speaking, we were paying roughly the same kind of cost, even though it was a lower interest rate, yeah. because we were covering the legal fees, still worked out as you know, roughly the same cost. So it just meant that the investors could make a bit more money from us if they were happy being unsecured, you know. And tell me, is all the property deals that you do, are they all up in Scotland? Yeah, yeah. Current, currently, our, our growth has only been in Scotland. And we did look at when Connor joined about maybe 18 months ago, we started working together. One of the kind of original targets was to expand in northeast and northwest England. The reason we've not done that is because we just find we have an abundance of opportunity up here, right? And it would be crazy for us to take our eye off the ball. We're getting, you know, we've got our own direct vendor uh, marketing campaigns going out there getting 12 leads on average per day right now. And that's before, we, and that's just our own direct market, nothing to do with other, other channels that feed into us. So we're, we're just not ready to make that move yet because of the amount of opportunity we have in Scotland. You know, it's quite it's quite refreshing from my perspective to hear that because I, I always feel a mistake, you know, far too many people making property is going far and wide far too early on. And, you know, you, you'll, you'll see you'll see people with a, you know, a portfolio of whatever, five, six, seven properties. And, you know, one is, for example, in Scotland, where, where they live, close to home. And then they've seen a deal in the newspaper in Birmingham. And then one in Southampton. And they've got a, an off-plan property in Portugal and something in Marbella. And on the face of it, you know, they, they think they're all these, you know, different diversified deals. But 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 the reality is, you know, by the time you take into account the headache, the travel cost, you know, the, the fact you've got no men on the ground in in, in these towns if things go wrong. I mean, n n never mind. I don't think you're even at the same, you know, the, the same return as you would be if you were closer to them. You're, pro you're probably actually at, at a, you know, at, at a negative return. I just think, you know, there's so, with, with property, there's so much property out there that if you're prepared to put, put the effort in, there is so much on your doorstep that you can get a portfolio like like yourselves, I mean, 220 properties, enormous portfolio with you know, without even need, needing to leave your local area. Aye, and you know, we, I guess we're quite fortunate up in Scotland. It's never really too far, wherever you are. You know, we've got like you know, 40 units in a place called Campbelltown, which is like 
you know, proper remote on the West Coast. I don't know if you've ever even heard of it. But make whiskey there, you should check it out. 40 in Campbelltown, maybe 30 in Aberdeen, uh, 80 across Lanarkshire. I mean, the balance are kind of like dotted around the country. But even to get to Campbelltown, it's only a few hours drive, something like that. We've actually got a team of guys down there this week, just getting some of the flats ready to bring back to the, the rental market. But again, that's our own guys from the building company who sent for a week, tap them up, get them ready, pass the letting agent. You know, we've become very systemized, I guess, as as we've grown because, yeah, that's that's the most kind of passive element of Root Group is the buy to let. The trading businesses, you know, we're very much involved and spending a lot of time and effort on them. But the buy to let stuff just kind of runs itself now. What challenges are you finding in the business or the property market at the moment? Because again, just to set a bit of context up to the question, I mean, anyone listening to this or watching this in the future, I mean, we're recording this in, in the beginning of March. 2023 and you know in, in the in the press we kind of hear nothing but doom and gloom and impending doom and gloom in the in, in the property market you know as someone who works in it day to day as a lender i mean i can completely agree that you know that the the consensus is that doom and gloom is around the corner but then on a day-to-day -day basis agents still seem to be selling properties you know people still seem to want to buy properties however you've got mortgage companies obviously offering increased interest rates which then means even though the length of values may be the same you know by the time you get to a stress test on the buy to let mortgage with the amount of the lending's left. And I, I don't see how much longer it can go on for because it, it's just, it feels completely unsustainable. Yet, you know, everybody out there still seems ebullient about it. I mean, as someone who's doing this day in, day out, what's your, you know, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we, to be honest, mate, I, I just see opportunity, right? Because for everyone that's kind of suffering, there's somebody out there that's making a bit of coin off it. I mean, we, we in Scotland have rent freezes, we've got eviction bans, we've got the base rate up like everybody else is, so our, our cost of finance is affected. But whilst there are challenges uh, in the environment, well, there's, there's always somebody then that's maybe going to be looking to sell, and, and we're always going to be looking to buy, right? We've, we've got uh, commercial funding lines now both for acquisition and for exit. So we tend to find that, that we can pick up a lot of good opportunities because a lot of people are maybe getting out the market because of the challenges. They're maybe just fed up with it, you know, but no, we, we're still managing to secure really, really good deals. I mean, on average, we're probably 30% discount per deal and we're buying for ourselves, we're buying for our training clients. We, we are certainly not going anywhere. You know, we, we love what we do, we're very passionate about it. We really believe in it. So I, I don't know, yeah, look, there's challenges, but I mean, all of our growth came during COVID. It's not like that wasn't a challenging time, you know, that, that's the last three years of, of certainly the first two years of our growth was all during a global pandemic, you know, so we're used to riding the waves and uh, I think this is just another one. And so on your construction company, uh, I mean, do you, do you only, are you your own clients and that? You build everything for yourselves or, or, or do you actually do third party construction work now as well? We, we did that. We did do some uh, homeowner stuff for a while. It was a business move we made uh, last year, actually. But now we've, we've refocused, streamlining in this new model that I mentioned for the next financial year. And we're just going to focus on simple residential refurbishments for our stuff and for our training clients. We just found that the homeowner stuff, it was very difficult to, one, make any money and then two, get paid at the end. <laughs> so we've decided to just kind of put our focus at uh, where we know we can do much better. Uh, easier, less headache. So whilst it was something we kind of went after in the last year, we're refocusing now for next year. So you've got a book coming out, uh, the, the Fast Track to Property Millions. What, what, t t t t tell me tell me about that. I mean, is that something you've written, written from your training experience over the last three years then? Aye, I mean, look, that, that was an experience, right? You know, we are now authors. Uh, <laughs> we, wrote, we wrote this book between 
Alex, Connor and I, and uh, it was a great experience. Ultimately, it, it tells the story of how we've been able to achieve what we have, right? So it's anybody out there that's, that's looking for the knowledge, the strategic information, a bit about our story as well. Um, it's available now, yeah, on Amazon as well as Audible, in fact. So we've got the audiobook and the, the, the paperback. It's really cool. There's a lot of golden nuggets in it. We're getting a lot of good feedback from it. So yeah, if anybody's learning, uh, if anybody's interested in learning uh, about our strategy and how it all works first protocol should be the book fast track to profit millions well we'll, we'll put we'll put all the uh, all the show notes together uh, when when this goes live we'll put the um you know, put, put all the links to this kind of stuff um, for, for people to be able to access and what just i guess from a marketing perspective what, what was your logic with the book is it something that you're actually uh, you know hoping to m- make profit out of the book or is it a fancy business card you know a, a, a lead to bring people into the room group i i think so you know we're, we're certainly not making any money off it <laughs> i did not understand how the whole book thing worked right it's our first experience but I think we get something like twenty p in royalties for every book we sell. So we're did, 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 did you self-publish? Uh, no, no, we've done it through our company as well, right? You know what I mean. So they're they're basically taking their cut, you know, the printers yeah. taking their cut. We're letting them. But as you say, yeah, look, it's really about like I was saying at the start of the call. You know, we're, we're trying to get out there a bit more, trying to get a bit more exposure. The book was just another thing, you know. Again, I think it gives a degree of credibility and it allows people to uh, kind of tap into us, try and try and suss us out, you know, uh, from from reading the book. Um, so it's it's really a marketing thing, and and, and ultimately the angle for us is. For, for anyone that's really serious about trying to grow their property business, then that, that's how they, they come into our funnel ultimately. And you've, you've, you've got a podcast as well. Has that, has that gone live yet? So the podcast, we're actually running two podcasts. One is the Real Wealth podcast that Alex is leading up and that's all about um, wealth generally. It's not specific to property, you know. Um, it's really to try and simplify the whole understanding of wealth because uh, certainly we were never educated about wealth when we were growing up and I think that's still quite true. You know, I think you, you need to kind of go specific places to try and learn about how all this stuff works. And Alex is running the Real Wealth podcast to try and, I guess, put that in layman's terms. We have a lot of cool cool variety, I guess. We've, I think we've recorded maybe five or six episodes, but I don't think it's launched yet. The second, uh, sorry. I was just going to say, are they are they episodes with guests as well, or is it, is it, is it, is it you, you guys talking talk yourselves? With with guests, yeah. Aye. So he's, he's bringing in uh, young entrepreneurs, experienced entrepreneurs, just just you know, business pe- people from loads of different backgrounds that have got cool stories to tell. And yeah, it's, it's not just us. I Alex is the host. I think I'm on the first one or the second one. I think he done. Uh, <laughs> I think he done the first one himself. Didn't want me on that one, obviously. He was practicing. He was build- building up to you. <laughs> exactly. I, so I, they'll be coming out soon enough. Like I don't know exactly when. The second podcast is the the Real Property Training podcast, and Connor's leading that up. And that's more specific to property. It's examples of clients that we've worked with that have come and come and learn from us and started to grow their portfolio using all the different services that we provide through Root Group, uh, as I've explained. So two different types of podcasts. We've never done them before, but I'm excited to see how, how they go and, and morph uh, through time. Uh, what's the plan for the Root Group then? I mean, obviously, you know, naught to three years from naught to 220 properties. I mean, uh, you know, are you are you planning on holding these properties forever? I mean, are, is there going to be a plan to you know, to build up to X amount and sell them, or you know, what, what's what's the future going to see? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've really we've really diversified uh, again, and we, we continue to diversify. We continue to look at these new businesses we can bring into the synergy of the, the group we operate. Initially, when we started out, you know, it was we want to get to 50 units, then it was 100 units, then it was 300, and then it was a thousand. And it was all about buy to let. I think we've diversified really now into 
lower in all exits, right? We're, we're not necessarily buying to hold. We're still buying a lot, but we're not necessarily buying to hold everything. And we're doing a bit of trading, so chucking stuff back through the auction just for a quick buck. And we'll do some kind of refurbishments to sell on the open market when it makes sense to do so. But, you know, more recently, we've been looking at these these kind of bigger finance deals. I think I briefly mentioned earlier on. And if we manage to secure this new facility we're looking at, I think we'll be back on the the thousand buy to let units regardless. I think that'll that'll become a focus again. And and, and over what period of time, I don't know. You know, I mean, we've, we've obviously done well in this short period of time so far, but I reckon probably within a few years, I'm pretty confident we'll be able to hit this kind of thousand unit target, as well as still doing all the other trading activity throughout the rest of the year. Tell me, I mean, people always, you know, talk about or aspire to property as, you know, this, this passive income almost, almost as, you know, this magic, magic thing that, you know, that they'll own all these properties and, and never have to work again. But I mean, how realistic do you, do you, do you see I mean, even when you own the properties, you know, as, a, as a property owner myself, you know, there's always something breaking. There's always a tenant leaving. There's always somebody who doesn't, who doesn't, doesn't want to want to pay the rent. I mean, do, do you think the words passive income are you know a bit of a misnomer with it? I mean, I mean, you know, secure income, you know, lifetime income, I would go with. But I mean, how passive do you really find it? I mean, really, we don't have. We've got a letting agent that manages all the stock, right? So we don't man. That's the only thing we don't really do, and we, we don't manage our own stock because aye, it's, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of headache dealing with tenants. So we don't manage our own stock. The, the only thing we really get involved in is the, the refurbishment side. So yeah, I, I do think it is, it is quite passive. I mean, I was talking about this with Connor the other day because, you know, we, we, we could have not started Rudger, right? We, we could have just continued doing what we were doing, continued buying our units, as I say, 40 units, 18 months. We could have just continued scaling that. And Alex and I, you know, that could just be our income. Whether it was passive or not, I mean, was it really going to kind of be big enough? Um, and, sure. I, and I don't think it was. That's why we started the group. That was a thought process. We wanted to get involved in all these other things and we, we wanted to create multiple income streams, you know. So even if it was passive, I mean, and even if we had the opportunity to play golf every day, like we first kind of talked about, I just don't think we would have, you know, we're, we're both kind of relatively young, we're both 38, you know, we're, we're kind of highly ambitious, driven guys. Connor, in fact, is only 20, right? And it's just like, we're just right at the start of this, man. We're only getting started. So I think it could be passive, but hey, even if you've got all this passive income and you're living this life of freedom, <laughs> are you just going to sit about all day? I don't exactly, exactly. I mean, if, if, if you're a true entrepreneur, you know, once you've once you've built anything up to uh, to become passive, you're, you're moving on to the next project anyway. That's it, man. That's it. <laughs> Well, listen, Laurie, it's been a pleasure having you, mate. It's been a pleasure listening to all this stuff. And like, like we said, I'm going to put some stuff in the show notes so people can, you know, can find the book, can find the podcast, can find it, find everything else. But you know, just before you go, I guess, you know, what, what, one last shout out, any, any Instagram uh, handles, any other channels people should come and find you at once they've listened to this and want to catch up with you? Yeah, I think they're all at Rude Group, which is just R-E-W-D Group. So search that, search my name, Laurie Duncan, uh, as well. Connect with us on social media. We love meeting new people. Uh, anybody interested to, to speak to us, just drop me a, a private message. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Laurie. And guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. As always, I'm the Matt Haycox. That's T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-A-Y-C-O-X. On all things social, if you've been listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, you can jump over to YouTube and watch the video versions too. So until the next episode, thanks again for listening or watching. Cheers.